Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. So this morning, um, I'm excited about what I want to talk about. And uh, as I've said before, a lot of times I'm slow at getting things. I'm just whatever vein I'm in, I try to just I just try to stay in it, not really get out of it. And we got back from Columbus, uh, Matt had uh, read a book and he shared it with me and he said, I'm telling you this is a blueprint. This is a blueprint from where we're at. And I said, Yeah, you know, and I opened it up and read about the first, I don't know, ten or twelve uh pages or whatever, I threw it on the shelf, you know. And so I was just on to something. So anyhow, I I over the last week or whatever, I picked the book up and I text I actually text Matt and I said, my God, this book is amazing. He said, I told you that. And so anyhow, I got here this morning, Matt Stanton said, you remember me uh, sending those notes that I told you? And he said, I told you, I believe this is a blueprint where we was at. So I want to say this morning, I believe this is a blueprint of where we at. <laughs> so it takes me a little bit to get it. But uh, praise God that uh, uh, the main thing is, is I get it, amen? And so, um, so... And let me just say this, that I just want to set this up before we get in here. How many knows that we said that God is doing a new thing? You believe this? Let me tell you something. I believe God's doing the same thing he's always been doing. Come on now. God's got one thing. Listen to me. What he left us to get done was the Great Commission. That's what he left to get done. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. Come on, somebody. Freely you've give. I mean, freely you've received, freely give. So what he's doing is he's just working with a whole new generation of people, but he's still accomplishing, trying to accomplish the same thing he set out for us to do. Now, faces change. Come on, somebody. Names change on the sign, but the gender never changes. God is about equipping us to do the work of the ministry. And so, um, so I'm just excited about this. All right, let's get in the Word right here in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I want to read two verses of scripture, and then I want to read a good bit of scripture here this morning. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38, is this right? I can't even no, verse 39, let's do this. And all these, who's all these? All the ones mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. You got to go back and read it, this is God's hall of faith, Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, all of these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. Look at this. All these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better, what? For us, that they should not be made perfect, what? Apart from us. How many knows that Hebrews 11 says, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses? Uh, how many knows that the cloud that Jesus went up in was certainly not no atmospheric cloud? Come on, somebody. It was a cloud of witnesses that he was received up in. And the scripture starts out in Hebrews 11 saying, since we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us and let us run this race, what with confidence, looking to the author and finisher of our faith, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I are in a marathon. Come on, somebody. And if you think about this marathon, in a marathon... 
that how many knows that your fast your fastest runner is one that runs last because he's got to make up the distance that the other ones didn't gain. Come on now. How many knows that Jesus in John chapter two saved the best wine for last? So there is coming a generation, come on somebody, that will run this last leg of the marathon, that will run it rapidly. We will do it faster than any other generation before us. What took some 40 years to obtain in the anointing, this generation will get in four months. When Jesus said, don't look and say six months, three months in the harvest or six months in the harvest, but I I say unto you, look now for the fields are wide in the harvest. Going somewhere with this, just trying to lay a little groundwork. So you and I are on the ball field and the stands are filled. Let me just break it down here. There, the stands are filled with people that from generations that we've never even met that cried out for God on this very ground we're standing on. People like, what? All right. Now here's what I'm learning. I just got that mint chewed up, so I'm ready to go. If he has wanted someone, I said, my God, I hope he gets anointed. I was just chewing a mint. All right. Here's the thing. I was doing, you know, I was preaching. I was afraid that thing was going to fly out and hit somebody. <laughs> fall out under the power of God. <laughs> Lord, help us, God. Listen to this. How many knows this? That the promises of God to us are yes and amen. And even though I may not see the promise in my lifetime, if he does it through my children's 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 children, God's promise to me was yes and amen. So I think sometimes what we've got to understand and what I'm trying to grab a grasp on is that when God starts out something, listen to me, just because God's speaking something doesn't mean you're going to see it in your lifetime. And we've got to have that on the shelf. Bill Johnson says this, that, 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 um, let me just go back there. If, if God is promising it to me, he could be setting, setting me up to do things in my life that will allow my children to walk in what God is saying. You with, you with me now? And so if God does it through my heritage, through my bloodline, he honored me in the fact that he did it through what he said to me. You remember when God told David, you're not going to build the house, listen to me, but, you're, but, but, one, but one that has not known war, which was Solomon, he will build the house. So when God, when, when God spoke that to David, what did David do? David started laying up resources and everything that Solomon would take and use to build it in his generation. So God promised these all in Hebrews, said that all of these were given exceedingly great promises, but they did not see the promise in that apart from us, so we got, we've got, you've got something in the, in, in, in the, you've got some skin in the game, if you will, that apart from us, through us walking in what God told us, God's going to make this thing perfect all the way back to where he started. You with me now? Now listen, Karl Marx is often quoted as saying this, if I can steal their history, I can take their nation. The enemy tries to steal our history. Your history is very important. Are you with me now? Your history and our history is very important. Psalm 77 says, I will not forget the works of the Lord. Now there's a verse of scripture in Psalm 78, 9 and 11. It says that, the, that Psalm 78 verse 9 through 11 says that the children of Ephraim being armed turned back in the day of battle. Why? Because they forgot their history. Our history is very important. 
And every believer in this room should have a history book with God. You should have the times in there when you did not know how you were going to make it financially that God came through for you. Come on, somebody. You should have times in there when you were sick and you didn't know how you were going to get better, but God healed you. Come on, friend. If you've got a history, then you've got some confidence you can stand into when you're praying for something. Come on, somebody. I believe God can baptize us with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because I have that experience in my life. I believe God can heal this morning. Why? Because his word says he's a healer and I have that experience in my life. I have a history book with God. You with me now? And so there's this powerful scripture in 1 Samuel 17 verse 29 when David shows up to the valley of Elor. I'm setting this up, okay? We got somewhere to go. And when David shows up in the valley of Elor, that his brothers, he was sent down there by his father to check on his brothers. And when he shows up in the valley of Elor, there is a Goliath that is withstanding the children of Israel. You remember this. And so he checks on and he hears, he hears uh, Saul talking about what the man that's going to get that takes out this Goliath and David stands in there and he makes this famous quote in 1 Samuel 17 verse 29. He said, is there not a cause? What he was literally saying was, do we not have history with God? Come on somebody. Is, is there not a promise? Is there not a cause? Is there not history here? Why are we allowing Goliath to defile the armies of the living God when we the children of Israel have got a history with God of God being a miracle worker? I'm trying to preach in here. Have we forgot what God did for Moses when Moses faced the Red Sea and the children of and, and Egypt was was chasing behind him and God told Moses he said stretch forth your rod man that rod was the cross friend lift out the cross over that Red Sea and watch me begin to split this David said do we not have history Cornerstone I want to ask you do we not have a history of miracles in this house have we not seen God do the impossible in this house have we not seen God set people free we would have never thought would have been set free have we not seen people have babies that the doctor said could never have a baby yet we've seen God do some things this is what David said do we not have a history Lord I'm going to preach up in here anyhow I'm going to wake somebody up do we not have a history do we not have a history do we not have a history now let me say this, you cannot believe in happenstance. If you do, I'm going to change your mind on that this morning. I'm telling you this morning, you just didn't happen. I'm going to show you these verses of scripture to show up when you showed up. And you just didn't happen to slide by sparks. You just didn't happen to fall in a crazy church called Cornerstone. But I want to say that our Father in heaven is a master builder. And He is weaving your life. The Bible says it like this, that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. It's like you want to go this way, but all of a sudden you find yourself walking that way. Why? Because they've been ordered by God. Are you with me? So David shows up. Do we not have a history? Your history is very important. Are you with me now? If you don't have a history book, I want to challenge you. You've got to start writing your history down. 
Every time God does something for you, friend, every miracle, God just doesn't do miracles just to do miracles. Every miracle is laced with the nutrients that is needed for the journey that you have. You remember when Jesus broke the bread and fed the 5,000. The disciples are now on a boat and they are crying out for their lives because of the storm. And, and, and Jesus said, why do you, remember when he asked them this question, he, when he, as he said, do you have any bread? Remember he said, why, does, why do you reason that you don't have bread? In Mark chapter 6. Other words, why does your reasoning start now with what you don't have when you just saw me multiplying bread? Now listen to me, friend. If you've ever seen a financial miracle, that is not the last miracle of finances that God's going to do in your life. That is the beginning to build your faith to believe for increase. Would we agree with this? All right, now, let's look at this. Let's find the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah's name means comforter. He is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, where have we gone? Because we, we're teaching more than preaching this morning, even though I'm hollering a little bit. So what have we learned? You and I are in a game, Right? We're in a marathon. We're in a race. There's generations gone before you that you didn't met that were praying for you. Do you believe this in this room? That's how you showed up anyhow. You didn't get here on your own. You're riding the wings of somebody prayed you in. Somebody prayed you in the kingdom. Do we agree with that? Huh? How many knows that when Jacob... Jacob has a dream at Bethel. The scripture says that he lighted upon a certain place. And he came to that place, Genesis 28. Remember that? How it highlights the place, I mean, like multiple times, like redundant. Keeps reading. And he came upon that place. Then he took a stone up and laid down for a pillar in that place. And then he has a dream. If you study that place where he laid down and had the dream, that's the exact place that God began to deal with Abraham, his father, on that, uh, on that journey. You with me now? His, his grandfather. So what he does is he runs back into that place, that gap of prayer of his grandfather's intercession. And then he has a dream at Bethel. So here's the thing, is these people that have prayed that you and I have never met, let's look at this. So let's think about this history thing a little bit. Go to Nehemiah chapter 2, you there? Let's look at verse, um, let's look at verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night and a few men with me. And I told no one, uh, I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and its gates which were burned with fire. Then I went on, the, on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done and I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials or the others who did, not, who did the work. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates burn with fire. Come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. 
And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. But when Symbalat the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? And so I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore his servants will arise and build. Look at this right here. But you... But you have no heritage, no history, or right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Look at this. What is he telling them? He says, you who are standing against me, you have no heritage here. You have no history here with this place. But we do have a history. Gosh, you got to see this, church. I'm trying to take you here slow, but surely. <clears throat> see, God raises up people. That has a right to reclaim. You can't just show up somewhere and start digging something. You got to have a right to dig it. Mm. This is why the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Because the first Adam forfeited. The second Adam's got to have legal right to come reclaim it. Come on somebody. And so do you realize that God strategically, how many knows this, the parable of the sower? The parable of the sower is also like you and I. We have been sown as seed out of the Father's hand. Why wasn't I born in Seattle? Why couldn't I have been born? Why wasn't I born in North Carolina? Why was I born in a little town called Bacon County? Why in 1998 did I go to a church called New Vision Methodist Church that there was a man running a revival by the name of Dale Young who brought Steve Batts with him? Why does all this happen? Is this some big coincidence in our life or is this father orchestrating the steps of a righteous man? Come on, somebody, that would later, within, within 20 years of that meeting come back to the same place where they come from like Isaac did in Genesis 26 and start redigging the wells of Abraham. Why? Because somebody has to have a historic right to put the shovel back in the ground to start prying it open. My God, this is good. So we, we I'm telling you, when you see the, when you see the handiwork at God, of God, how he is building our lives, it, is, it amazes me. So we go to Columbus, Ohio. We get these, we, 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 we speak with Matt Lockett, who's, they're going to come here in July. And so we're, we're sitting here uh, looking at all this stuff. And so we, we grab, these, we grab these, these books, these several books. Cleve, you read the book too, didn't you? And Cleve was like blown away, the, the history makers, shakers or whatever, whatever it is. History makers, is that what it is? And so it's a story, in this book is the story of how Will Ford meets Dutch Sheets. And so Will is, they're praying about a conference to go to, okay? I just want to share some stories with you right here. So we, we, he, he is praying about which conference he would go to. At this time in his life, he feels like God has, got, has told him to fast for 40 days. And that his neighbor's car was vandalized. 
And so he felt like God told him, I need you to walk the streets of your, of your city. He lives right outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth um, area in a little suburb. And so um, he, starts, he starts walking his neighborhood. And he starts walking these different streets. So they pray about this conference. And so the conference they felt like they should go to was to be in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So they look and they find that there's only two places left in the, in the meeting. So they book it. Well, the flight that they need is overbooked. There's not a seat left. So they believe God's going to make a way. They have two cancellations on the flight and are able to get the last two seats. And they're in this conference in Colorado Springs. This is the year 2000. You okay? If you see your neighbor nodding off, punch him in the ribs, okay? All right, you with me? Just keep them away because we got to get this, okay? All of this, you understand that God is setting us up. This is why God brought Fios to preach prayer and all. God now is trying to lay strategy, if you will. Come on, somebody. The, the U.S. Army doesn't just send something. We just don't send something in. Come on, somebody. We send fighter pilots in to do an airstrike first. But before there's ever an airstrike, there's a lot of strategic planning that goes into the place to know where to drop the bombs. This is what God's trying to set us up with. He's trying Trying to set us up how to strategically pray in what he wants to see happen in this region. So Will is in this meeting. He's in this meeting. Him and his wife, Michelle, are in this meeting. Well, Cindy Jacobs is up there. And, and so at the end, she feels like, has not mentioned this at all, but said that she feels like that they should pray and they're going to send Dutch and, and someone else uh, to Williamsburg, Virginia. And so they start talking about Williamsburg. And then they said, look, here's two men named William that's going to Williamsburg because Dutch's real name is William. And so William means noble spirit, resolute protector. William by names means one that will not give up but will stand to protect the promises of God. Going somewhere with this. So... They get up there and then, so they're asked the question, does anyone, Cindy says, does anyone know what the name William means? Well, Will is William Ford the third. The what? The third. He stands up and hollers out, it means noble spirit. He's in a room of about 400 people. You with me? And so... They call him. He's never met Dutch Sheets. He doesn't know. He, he's never met them. He comes forward and, she's, and finds out, well, his name is William. God has got three Williams on this stage. We're fixing to pray for Williamsburg, Virginia. And, and so they, they do that. Well, Dutch leans over, not even knowing him. He said, I feel like you're supposed to travel with me to, with me to Williamsburg, Virginia. And he said, you know, obviously, I mean, he's stunned. You know, this man doesn't know him, and he doesn't know Dutch. And so, so he said, they had both agreed that they would pray about it. Well, the long story short is this. They do go to Williamsburg. But before, before Dutch releases everything, there's so much to that. Um, I'm trying to help, help, help me here, Holy Ghost. The Dutch... Are the ones that, what, what was the deal with the Dutch? The Dutch, the Dutchman, 
there was something to do with the Dutchman and slavery in Williamsport and all of this. Will being a black man, Dutch being a white man, and Will, he told Will this, he said, you won't pay for nothing. He said, the last time the Dutch took your ancestors to Williamsburg is for slavery. This time I'm paying for everything because we're about to reverse this deal. How, how many knows this? Listen to me. I'm trying to help us strategically about praying. Let me tell you, before my whole what works a whole lot more than what binding and loosen does. It's about it's righteous living. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's when we see backbiting and murmuring and complaining that we're cleaving our on my back porch. I said, I've never seen a city full of cannibalism like Cook County. We talk about folk up in this place. Come on, somebody. It's all up in the church house, and that's the reason why it's loosed in the county. If we could quit talking about folk in the house of God, maybe we could we could break it in our city. Come on. So when we see disunity, what do we do? Unify. When we see greed, what do we do? We live generous. We move in the opposite spirit of what the enemy is trying to do in that region. And when we do that through righteous living, hello, through righteous living, through righteous living, and when we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, like 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name shall turn, shall humble themselves and turn, how many know that God's people's got some wicked ways that we gotta start turning from? If my people will turn, humble themselves and what? Pray. I'm sorry, you know, some people get mad when you quote the Bible. Well, we don't in here, glory to God. All right, let's go. So he takes us. So here's the thing. So standing Matt, they sent me. Now I go back and look at all their notes that they sent me over the last, well, since we got back. This lets me know they finally hear from God. They were forerunners, but listen. Y'all stay with me? My name is what? John. William Bagley. So we started doing. So, so I'm reading this book and Will said, you got to know your history. So I start searching my name. I got my name all the way back to 1605. And my, and my whoever that man by the name of, what is it, Benjamin. But my, the name doesn't change. But, but two times. From John or William, there's a Harrison and a Henry in there. But his name was Peter Bagley. Come listen to this now. Come from a little city right outside of Manchester, England. Now look at this. Listen, this is crazy now. When I get here, where does he get the opportunity to go? On the first, with the first mission trip. Where? Manchester, England. Could it be the providence of God bringing us all the way back to the wells? Come on, some. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking with you this morning. Weigh it all out and pray it out. I'm just telling you. Could it be? Could it be this that one, my, whatever great great or whatever he was, he went out and married a Bennett? Could it be that my employers are the Bennetts? Could it be that that man married a lady by the name of Elizabeth Cook and I show up in Cook County? Could it be that this is the divine providence of God that God has called? 
strategic people to strategic areas because of the wells that have been placed there to redig those wells, to open them up, to do what God intended all the time. Now, how many knows this? We know this, that every generation don't take it all the way to the finish line. And somewhere throughout your lineage, we both got good sides and we got bad sides of the family tree. But the good side can always overtake the bad if we'll obey what God is saying in our lifetime. Now, Catherine and I, I guess this really started, I'm like, Catherine, because she has been on this journey to find her great-granddaddy, her great-great. Her great-great-granddaddy owned the store right here at the red light in Sparks. Now listen to this. When we got here to this city, we went, and, and when we first uh, moved out into Kent Thomas, we pulled in the driveway. There's this 1980-something model Chevrolet truck sitting there, and it's got on the door. We lived in Jessup, Georgia. It's got on the passenger door, Jessup, Georgia. On the driver door was Sparks, Georgia. God was screaming, hey man, you're right on target. Now listen. What I've come to realize in the last 12 months of my life that everything God was speaking to me while I was in Alma was preparing me for the season that I'm in now. How many knows that when God speaks something, a lot of times when we hear it so clearly, we think it's fixing to happen right now. Especially if you're gifted like Jess as a seer. Sometimes as a seer, the greatest weakness with that gift is because you see it so clearly, so strong, but you could be seeing something that is 25 and 50 years down the road. But because you see it so strong, you think it's upon us right now. You with me? So as the gift increases, depth perception will increase also. Come on now. All right, so here's the deal. Same way with little kids playing baseball. It's hard for them a lot of times with the depth perception to read the ball off the bat, ain't it, Cleve? But as they get older, their depth perception will increase and they will read that ball to be able to take the proper route to the ball. Same way with our prophetic gifting. As it increases and matures in our life, our depth perception will get there. You with me? So... In this thing, in 2007 is when God really began to speak to me about some things in my life. Now... Rod Parsley says it like this, and you heard Fiaz say it. The first 30 years are your training years. This is your equipping years in God. Jesus didn't, he, he didn't preach a sermon, nothing, until he was 30, right? You with me? We got him when he was 12. He was talking in the, in the temple, blowing the mind. Remember this, how a 12-year-old get this wisdom. Remember when Mary got on to him? But when he's 30, he's baptized in the river Jordan by John. The Holy Spirit descends upon heaven, from heaven in a dove form, resting upon him, stayed upon him. This is when the power comes on his life. This is when he comes out in the wilderness. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he's walking with it now. This is when he shows up in, the, in Canaan at the wedding, and turns water into wine. Goes to Jairus' house, raises a girl from the dead. Come on, somebody. She wasn't dead because Jesus said she was never dead. She was only sleeping. This is a picture of the church. You understand that? The world thinks she's dead. We've just been asleep for a little bit. Come on, somebody. But she's waking up all over the earth. Come on, somebody. We are getting to sleep out of our eyes, and we are waking up to realize what God has for us in this time. And we realize that God has saved the best wine for last, and God has got destiny upon the church. Come on, somebody. God's not through with this nation, friend. This nation has not seen the last outpouring that it's going to see. I believe we're fixing to move into 
to massive revival. Why? Because we are seeing unity come like never before. You gotta get your eyes off of TV. The news only wants to bring division. I got to tell you the truth, friend. The news is only trying to bring division. They're only trying to island. Listen. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. You got to listen to me. There ain't a racist thing in my bone. There probably racism's in all of us. Let's establish that right now. Huh? Huh? You believe this? Come on. But you know something? We're doing something in the South. We got black and white in the same room, and it don't happen much in the South. Come on. That's something to give God the praise for. Let me tell you this. I'm going to blow your mind. The disciples were very racist. Look at you looking at me like that. Are we in the book or are we not? Come on, somebody. How many believe that the disciples were racist? You better believe they was racist. They couldn't stand the Samaritans. Huh? Even Jesus said, don't you go to no city of Samaria. He knew what was in the heart. That's why they were blown away in John 4 when they come back and seen Jesus not only talking to a Samaritan but a woman. Huh? It was so so in the heart that Jesus, had, I mean, Peter had to have a revelation from heaven to fall down in a sheet and seen a pig on the sheet. Come on, somebody. Said, rise, kill, and eat. That ain't got nothing to do with going to the smoking pig. What it's got to do with everything, God said, hey, I'm all colored. There ain't no black, white, red, yellow. There ain't no Jew, Gentile. This is one man in Christ Jesus. And if you're born again, we're all born again from the same blood. Let's just go ahead and get up in it in the south. I feel this right here. And just listen, if somebody's for Donald Trump, it don't mean they're a racist either. And if somebody's for Hillary Clinton, it don't mean they're crazy either. We got to bring this division out of the house of God and realize we're one people, one man in Christ Jesus. God's not a Democrat nor a Republican. He's God Almighty ruling on the throne. My God, I'm telling you. We got to quit letting this young creep in the church to bring division. Lord of mercy. There that is. Probably didn't hear that on most podcasts this morning in South Georgia. Listen. So here's the deal. When God shows us that mess in our heart, what you got to do with it? You got to deal with it, friend. You got to deal with it. If you're a racist, you lay right here till it dies in you. Hello. Did you hear what Fiat said? He said, if a man don't love people, he no Christian. He don't know God. God's not trying to love. He is love, friend. And if you know God, you will love. You'll love one another. You'll love your brother. Now, I'm just going to ride this, 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 this rabbit's done jumped out, and I'm on him. Now, let me just tell you what we got to have. All of us come from cultural background, a whole lot of different culture. I was raised as a country boy. We had guns all over the house. We got ammo, guns, all of that. Kids got BB guns, they in every corner. So if there's a takedown, y'all come to my house. We got it covered. We'll be able to defend the home front. Cutting up. But let me tell you what the Spirit of God does. 
You remember in Acts chapter 2 when, that, when, the, when the Spirit of God came upon them in that upper room? The Bible says it came as a rushing mighty wind. There was no wind there. They come as a sound of a rushing mighty wind. The power of God set upon each of them. Cloven tongues of fire filled them. And they all begin to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God give utterance. All the different people groups and nationalities that were there begin to understand in their own language. The true Spirit of God released upon a people will cause us to understand one another. That is so good right there. And this is, and listen, we've got to quit hearing and start listening. But allowing, allowing mess to get on TV and bring isolated incidents, well, are we going to allow that to divide us? Man, there's no doubt in my mind that we've, that we've got to have some understanding of what it was like for Miss Mary, Nadine, and different ones that were living in the 60s. I can't help for the ignorant, redneck, dumb people that allowed that to happen. But all I can do is in my day to say that's never going to happen on my watch. Come on, somebody. Come on. And we're not going to allow some media or some politician to bring divisiveness to the church. All right, I got to get off this. Now let's go right here to Acts chapter 17. You there? I just want to bring this to you. I'm just going, I just out there on this limb, you know what I'm saying? I might well thin it out. We, we get it down right here. This is how Gideon thinned his army out. Let me tell you this. I know the people voted, but there's one man allowed Donald Trump to go to the White House. That's God Almighty. I know the people voted, but there's one man that allowed Barack Obama to go to the White House. That's God Almighty. How you know that? Because the Bible says there can be no ruler or power that exists unless it is allowed by God. Come on. When God put Barack Obama in the White House, the white, I said white. Do you understand what I'm saying? He was exposing this root of racism that has been in this country for centuries. When God allowed Donald J. Trump to get to the White House, he, he was exposing the political spirit in which America was bound by. Come on now. You remember when Joshua, when the, when the, when the, when the pre-incarnate Christ appeared to him and he said, are you for us or them? He said, I'm on the Lord's side. That's the way God always stands on his side. Remember when they didn't catch no fish, cast the net on the right side. I love to fish, and when the fish ain't biting, I say, boys, get to the other side of the boat. But let me tell you this. What side of the boat do you fish on? Whatever side he's standing on. And when he moves, you better move and take it. All right. Now let's go on. Let's get off of this right here. All right. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse 26. You okay? I ain't got but eight more pages of notes. And I'm on the first half of the first page, okay? So we're good. We're tracking right along. Acts 17, verse 26, says this. And he has made from one blood every nation of men. Am I reading the Bible? He's made 
from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. You just happen to show up here? Marshall, you just happened to meet a man named Danny. Huh? Steve, you just happened to be walking out of a church down the hills, down, three, uh, down a flight of stairs at a Methodist church in Bacon County in 1998 when I was an 18-year-old boy. You just happened to do that. Or was it God? Come on. You just happened to up and move to Cook County. Or was it God? Y'all right reading the Bible? And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. And has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. You could have showed up in 1945, but God chose you to show up when you did. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might feel for him and find him, though he is not far from none of us. So when Jacob, Isaac goes to redig that well, he shows up at a place he's got heritage and history. When God speaks to me in 2007, when I'm got in my heart, my dad dies in 2006, and the only thing I wanted my dad to do before he left was build me a pulpit. What I'm thinking of in my mind is my dad constructing me a wood pulpit, a physical thing. What I didn't know then that I know now, that God was instructing my father to leave me a pulpit. That I would pull seven and a half years in my hometown and no prophet is honored in his hometown. You're going to start out without the attaboys and without the praise of men. You could better believe that. Why? Because God's going to see if you're going to live by the praise of men or by the applause that you hear in the prayer closet. Come on. You're going to have to learn how to serve without being paid. Anybody that's preaching for money, they're telling you that's a lie to start with. Or they got in a whole different lane than what I did. Kathy and I have drove up, to, I remember driving up this large church one night. I said, my God, the Lord's going to take care of us tonight. That place was packed out. We got a $50 offering. And I put 40 something dollars in the car to get there. We preached in this little old revival for three nights in Waycross, Georgia, little old country church. I preached like a dying man to dying people. There was 800 and something dollars in the offering. And God told me, don't you ever determine your, your salary by the size of the crowd. Promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, or the east, or the west. But it comes from God. Come on, somebody. God can have a widow stuck in that place with all the money you need. Don't never look at it. Just keep your eyes on him. And the whole time that we're looking and we, the prophetic words that we're getting that this is your breakout year and I'm going to move you from your job into this and I see this house with travel and all of these different things. 
that we thought was for that city. They were being held in my heart. It was just seeds being planted into my heart for a season of 10 years later when we would start seeing the fruition of those seeds. So what are you saying? I got a lot of history here. I frequented this house since I was 18 years old. You didn't know me then. I had hair. And it was gelled up with the little curl at the front just like Pastor Parsley. Yes, sir. I was a whole lot slimmer. wore 34s back then. Still in 34s. They're just about 10 inches lower. Oh, I'm cutting up. Listen. What, what, what happened? What happened? What happened? Why did God take David? You think it was just, let me ask you something. Do you think it was just his heart that allowed him to get in the palace? No, God was taking him, letting him see his future the whole time he was playing for Saul. Come on, somebody. What he was saying, I've never called you and destined you to be on the backside of a desert with some few sheep. I know you just play in your heart, but if you can be faithful to play the heart right now. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. When you think nobody's looking, somebody's looking. They're watching your every move, friend. And if you can be faithful with the little, come on, somebody. I just want to preach right here and help you. Some of you want a big house, but you're renting. If you can't take care of that house, God ain't never going to give you the big house. But I tell you what, if you'll take care of another like it's your own. Pulling the weeds out the flower bed. My God, I'm destined to live in the palace. It's how you handle what you have right now. We don't like to hear that. So God has chosen the path and he orchestrates. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking and digging in this geology to find Fiaz's family that somewhere along with the cross. I ain't never whipped over somebody like that. But divine providence leaves us here. That's why when basically, let's just say, when two candidates is running in this house, because let's just say this, let's go back before you, some of you showed up, but those that's been here for the journey know this, there was another man that come in here and preached and then there was me that come to preach. So how does it me and not that man? Let me tell you simply, there's no heritage here. Because to dig back in the well, somebody got to have rights to get in the well. Y'all looking at me like, I don't know about that. Just don't know about that. All right, here's the deal. We got, we got about 10 minutes left on this flight, so let's go with this. How many's ever heard the word synergy? Synergy is, let me, I wrote the definition. I thought I was going to be big enough to quote it on my own, but let's go back to what I wrote down. Listen, synergy is a combined action of two more or two or more that produces a greater total effect than the sum of their individual efforts. So listen to this. If I can lift 100 pounds and Stanton can lift 100 pounds, together we can move 300 pounds. I can't lift 150 on my own. I can lift 100. But he can lift 100. But when we come together, we can lift 300. It's almost like the third man's been created. When, if you take one horse and hook him to another horse, that you'll have the power like there's three horses yoked together. This is why the Bible says one can put a thousand, but two can put ten thousand. I want to say this, if two can put ten thousand, three can probably put a hundred thousand. 
And if three could put a hundred thousand, probably four could put a million to flight. You with me? So what happens is you study the history to find out your heritage, your lane. Where did it come from? First of all, let me just ask you this. What woke David up on the inside? What woke David up on the inside to take out that giant? Was it just the money that was offered? Or do you think it was his heritage coming down the line? Where did his heritage change? He came all the way back from the heritage of Rahab, the harlot. Which most theologians believe that Rebecca, Rachel, and Rahab are the three most beautiful women in Scripture. They came down from Boaz. Remember his granddaddy Boaz? Y'all okay? Boaz owned plenty of farms. Remember Ruth? I, I, I make this statement. I, I don't want to be crazy with this. I mean, I'm just telling you. It's, it's a statement I said. You and I were having a conversation. I tell you in the conversation, because I don't know if I want to share that publicly. I'll just tell you what I said. They can make whatever they want to of it. But here's the deal. So I just said, well, I was going to be buried at. And what I said, I make this statement like, and I just said, I said, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Because the whole time, I'm like, I know that I'm not to be buried by my daddy. You know, you know what I'm saying? And we've just, this is a private conversation with us. How many knows you're going to die? Leading cause of death is birth. All right. Well, I'm going to go into rapture. I hope I do too. If we go into rapture, do we get that insurance money? I'm going to leave behind. Hey. <laughs> Nobody in this room should be worried about death because you already died. If you already died, you... Right. Lord, got to get... get right. Ruth makes this decision. Does she, you, think, do you think that it was just a haphazardly decision or was God ordering her steps? Her husband had died. Naomi left Bethlehem, the house of bread, to go to the land of Moab. Why? Because there was nothing happening at the house of bread. Come on, somebody. That's a picture of the church. Naomi left the church because she couldn't find what she was looking for inside the church. This is why the psychics has rose up in the last two decades is because the prophets won't get in their place inside the house of God. It's a good preaching. Yes, sir. Uh, so stay with me right here. I know I'm a long-winded preacher, okay? Listen, I will make sure you got that dollar's worth today. I'm cutting up right here. Listen, when, when she makes the decision, Naomi tells her, get away from me. Go, you better find your husband. I'm done old. By the way, if I have, if I have two sons, you're going to wait till they get grown for you can marry them? Leave. The other one leaves. Orpah leaves. Ruth hangs on to her. She said, no, wherever you go, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. You're my family. I'm going wherever you go. She leaves and she goes back to Bethlehem. So she talks to Naomi and she says, I've got to go get some grain. I've got to go get to work. We've got to be able to live some kind of way. She happensly to show up in a kinsman redeemer's field. Or is it the providence of God? 
And she's gleaning on the outskirts of the field. And the kinsman redeemer Boaz comes to check up on the men and see how's it going. And he notices, hey, fellas, who's that girl on the far side over there? Now listen here, I'm tell you what. I don't want you I don't want her working. I don't want her working that hard. I want you to cause some to fall off on the trailer for. Kick a little bag here and there. Let it fall down. She goes back to Naomi and shows what God had done that day. Come on, somebody. But here's the deal. She was faithful with that little. She was faithful with what she could pick up on the ground until she got what was falling off the trailer. Come on, somebody. Then Boaz kept coming out and he notices her faithfulness. Am I talking to anybody up in this room this morning? He keeps noticing the faithfulness. He notices her keep coming, doing the little. Come on, somebody. God is watching you do the little. When I thought nobody was watching me and I felt like everybody was against me in that town, I want to tell you something right here. They was one up in heaven that was watching John Bagley. He watched every time I climbed in the car. I remember Grant was stand at the door and cry on Wednesday nights saying daddy why do you got to go why do you got to go but God was watching come on now he comes back to the field and he says I tell you what boys I don't want you to kick none off the trailer I want you to sack it up and I want you to put it on her and allow her to take it back come on now then he realizes you know what they ain't no need her to even have to work. I think I'm just going to marry this girl and let her stay at the house. And he gets married. Boaz marries a girl named Ruth who has a son named Obed, who has a son named Jesse, who has a little boy that most theologians believe was conceived out of wedlock, not in a good situation. Come on, somebody. Psalms 51 said, In, in sin I was shaping. Right? born so when Samuel when, when Samuel a prophet comes because he hears one of Jesse's boys is called to be a prophet when Samuel shows up at the house he's not even a candidate in the line come on somebody but he's out on the field what I'm trying to tell you is God notices your faithfulness so what happens I believe is stirring inside of David when he says do we not have a history do you not hear how I even got here man my great-great-grandma was a harlot running a cat house. Come on, am I in the Bible? She's running a, she's running a saloon, a brothel. And the men of God comes up. And, I, and when the whole city was in uproar, she makes this rash decision. I'm going to hide the prophets of God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. And that one little decision of obedience, she hit them up under some flax. Come on now. Am I in the book? We got to get out of here. But she makes a decision and she hides them. And when she hides them, she makes this. She said, when you come, I know that God has given you this city. When you come to this city, will you have mercy upon my family? Rahab, this is Rahab the harlot. And she lets them out on a scarlet cord. That's how you and I walk in freedom, friend. She hung them out on the bloodline of the pre-incarnate. Jesus, when they climbed down, Jesus. God, this is good. When she, when she let him down, listen, that was the sign of revival that was coming to her house. And he said this, he said, let it be known. If you hold up your end of the deal, we hold up on our end of the deal. But if you, if you, if you let it out the bag that we hear, we ain't having no mercy on your house. This is his upline. This is where he comes from. So when he shows up, Daddy Jesse has went through some hard times. Now there's nothing but a few sheep. The farm's gone. And he hears 
that this man's fixing to be reset back to where his heritage is. He's not going to pay no taxes. He's going to get to marry the king's daughter. I'm destined for the palace. I don't care what my brothers believe. All I know is this is when sent the prophet pulled up, the hall did not flow till it got over my head. And he said, God has anointed me king of Israel. Do we not have a history? I just came to remind somebody this morning. I want to ask this church, do we have any history up in here? Do we have any history up in here? If we got some history, it's about high time we touch it and pray it into existence. You can't make the story up. God takes Pastor Dale to Moultrie, Georgia to hear a couple. The couple stand up to, to speak or whatever. Dale, Pastor Dale was kind of aggravated by the couple that was standing up to speak. But there was a little missionary traveling with that couple. And God said, this is why I brought you here. That you sow into the lives of this missionary. Do you think it odd? God takes me all the way to Columbus, Ohio and puts me in front of a missionary. And through the giving of this church, we put a, we're going to put a roof on the, on, the, on the 21st church that a man in Fiaz had planted over there in Pakistan and this church is going to roof that whole church. You ought to give God some praise on that. Why do you think history is repeating itself? Because God said, I've never destined a seed in this house to just stay here in this local community. You've got to get it back on the mission field. We've got to get it back on the mission field. I'm just telling you, I just want to challenge you today and tell you this. You ain't the first God chaser that ever showed up in your lineage. These God chasers you've never met. And I know this today, the message that I'm preaching and the obedience that's in my life is for, is for their children's children's children that I will never see. I want to close with this. It's in one of his books, and I forget which one it is, but it's in Chris Valentin's book. He was taken in a vision. And in this vision, in this vision, he was standing inside this castle. Huh? It's in the book Heavy Rain. He's standing inside this huge castle in this vision. This massive mantle. And, um, and he said above this massive mantle was an oil painting of him and Kathy. Huge oil painting. Usually if you go down here to the, to the parish house, sisters, back there in the back, they have some of these tall, huge paintings of people, I guess, that own that property or whatever. She's massive oil paintings, and he's got them on the mantle. And Chris Valentin's like, you know, what in the world am I doing inside this castle? You know, he's looking around. And he said, there was a group of men that come in with a little boy, wasn't it? A little boy. And he put, and he said, all this started. All of this started with your great, great granddaddy, Chris. And he immediately woke up and knew the decisions he was making was for the generations he would never see but would tap into what he's doing and pray it into existence. I want to tell you this, that just like Pastor Dale and any other leader, I've lost heart on a lot of the promises. I would be telling you a lie in, in, in July of 2017 probably couldn't preach what I preached today. 
But through the handiwork of God and what I've seen God orchestrate over the last six to eight months of my life cannot be made up, friend. You cannot make it up. You cannot, you cannot make a story up like this. I'm not up here harping on something that I've not walked out and seen in my own life. And I believe that God, through this last weekend, is orchestrating a place that this church will contend. Not give up, but contend. Now contending for you and contending for me, what, what does that mean? When I preach about revival, I'm not talking about extended meetings, friends. I'm talking about living with a God awareness. At all times. Just being aware of the presence of God. You know the reason, let me just say this. You know, it's because several have said this. They said, when Fiaz cried, I've never heard a man cry like that, cry out to God. You know the reason why? Because that man lives in the internal flame of God. When you live in that place, your cry will sound different. And I've just watched how God's just orchestrated. I thought back of the decision when Catherine and I loaded our family up on that U-Haul and her whole family was weeping. Grant cried for one year. One year when I lived in Kent Thomas. Dad, if you'll just let me live with granddaddy, I'll never ask you for another gift in my life. Might have should have took you up on that, buddy. No, I'm playing. Come here with me. But I want to ask you today, you glad we stayed? God's been faithful to this family, friend. He's been faithful every step of the way. When I thought that when there was, when I thought the crook was in the road so strong, that the curve was so strong, I didn't know how we could take it. I watched God begin to make that crooked way straight and allow us to go further. When our back was up against the wall and I didn't know what we was going to do. Financially, this church, Donna, you tell them if I'm alive. Where's, where's Donna at? They, they're going right here. I see you. When we did Cornerstone in the city, my wall was to the, my back was to the wall financially. I didn't know how we was going to go ahead. We come to this church, never take an offering up on Wednesday night. Took up 17,000 that Wednesday night. That Sunday morning took up another 17,000. God was showing me, son, I am with you. I am for you. You got a heritage here. You got history here. I'm with you. Let me tell you something. God is with us, friend. He's been with us since 1991. And he's going to keep right on being with us. And when you and I are dead and gone, if the Lord tarries, there'll be a generation of believers in Cook County contending for revival on the forefront. But I want to tell you this. I believe over the next 12 months at this church, we ain't going to look so white. We're going to have Hispanics in here. I, I just, do you? Stand up to, we had an Hispanic pastor right there. He said, God's put an eye in my heart to plant a church in Cook County. Now this one said, he said, we run 250 now. I said, buddy, this is what we told him. You don't need no building. We got your building right here. He said, you come preach for me? He said, you had to have an interpreter. I said, if he can stay up, I can preach. I'm just telling you, the reason why God's bringing will 
from Dallas, Texas to Cornerstone. Do you realize the privilege, friend? If you, I just want you to go look at their story. Will Ford is bringing a kettle pot in this house that is believed to be over 200 years old from the slaves in Lake Park, Lake Providence, Providence Louisiana. They prayed for freedom. They never saw freedom, but you know what? Generations down the line come Will Ford III who graduated Morehouse College. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. That lives in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. That's traveling the roads with a white man named Dutch. And taking a kettle pot all over this nation saying, listen, and watch the white man Dutch wash the black man feet in the kettle pot that they pried out into. Just begging God for freedom. Friend, I'm telling you that God's faithful throughout the generations. And listen, what we didn't see in the 90s and what we didn't see in the early 2000s, I'm telling you we're in a season that we're going to see the open manifestation of the glory of God like we have never seen in this house before. It is not because John and Catherine came here, but it is because God Almighty is faithful concerning His promises. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I want you to stand up. And if you'll allow me to this morning, I just want to pray over us before we leave. I can't help but think Church, I'm full of the stories that Dale has told me. I can't help but think of all the stories. Miss Audrey, your dad who lost his left hand and Dale believed for that left-handed preacher that was coming so strong. You gotta think. Every time you see Stanton preach the gospel, that left-handed young man, in some kind of way, through the providence of God, he has woven us together like a massive quilt. You don't just come from Tifton, man. There's plenty of churches in Tifton. My God, why would you drive? Well, you don't understand. That's my tribe. That's my family. Your people shall be my people. I showed Danny this morning up my lineage. John Bagley. What I think it was early 1800s, 1700s. Married Rachel. And it says, Rachel, the Cherokee Indian. See, the funny thing is, I was sitting in a deer stand. In November, the Lord began to remind me of the Cherokee that was in the North Georgia. You go ahead and look at this. But when we, when we built the capital in, the United, in, in Georgia, we stole their gold and we put it on top of that dome. You look at this. The gold has never been able to stay on that dome. Anything you steal that God don't give will never stick, friend. You better listen to me. But the blessing of God maketh one rich and addeth no sorrow. It is stick for generations. The sins of the fathers are passed to the third and fourth generation. That doesn't mean that the judgment of God. It just means the consequences of those sins are passed down to the third and fourth generation. But the blessings of God are to a thousand generations. And I told him, I said, I believe because of his Cherokee heritage, there's something in that bloodline that cries out, what was stolen from us has got to come back to us. 
And so I just felt like the Lord adjusted me. Quit saying you're the only fireball preacher in your family when you ain't researched it enough. If my family came from England and the area they come from, there's probably a little Wesley somewhere down in me. But there's a massive moves of God come out of England. You hear me? But I, th- I just feel like we're building up to this crescendo that the song's been played since March the 10th of 1991. And it's been sung. And it's been sung. And it's been sung. But all of a sudden here, as we moved into 2018, we're building up to this crescendo in the song. What is the song? It's our song. It's the song of this region and the song of this area. And we do this Awaken the South Conference. Friend, I'm telling you, God is about to awaken the South. With massive revival. Father, I bless your people. Raise your hands. Friend, I'm telling you, the anointing's in this room. This is why I can't stop. The presence of Almighty God is in this room. You got something? I want to to pray over them, then I'm going to let you share. Father, we thank you, Lord, right here this morning. Come on, just lift your hands high. Just receive it. Just receive it. Father, encourage us right now. God, history. Oh, God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to put the spade in the well to redig what you started. Father, we're family in this room. We're destined to walk together. We're destined to be together. Come on, just stay right here as your hands lifted as Jess releases this word over you. Thank you, Lord. You know, my, my great-great-grandfather, his name was Jesse Rents. From what I understand about him, he was a, a pretty wealthy man, and he owned a farm in Cook County, just out there on the other side of the uh, golf course. And my father's... My father, Jesus, has brought me back to Cook County. A wealthy man named Jess messes with me a little bit. My grandmother owned the city cafe right up there on Main Street for years. But you know, none of that matters. None of these words matter. If you and I aren't willing to to stop living like the world lives. We try to pave the way to Jesus Christ with a powerless lifestyle and cheap grace. Well, what we need to be doing is laying our lives down, living a consecrated, holy life. When you go to God in prayer, and you just you don't have anything on your agenda. You're not, you're not seeking a blessing from God. You're not seeking the next thing of God. You're just seeking Him and His presence. 
That's what brings you that edge. That's what puts the, the edge on the sword. When you go out into the street, you're carrying the presence of God with you. And people notice that Jesus is with you. And you have the very thing that they need. When you go to God in that consecrated prayer, when you lay your life down, and I'm telling you, it's time for us to lay our lives down, church. It's time for us to turn away from the things of the world, to lose our taste for the things of the world, and go into our secret place and get on our face and seek a holy God. And that's when He'll begin to, we'll carry that anointing out into the street. We'll carry that presence out into the street. And Father will place people right there in your path that need the very thing that you have. That you're carrying. Everywhere I went in Atlanta to go up there and take a Botox course this weekend. Everywhere I went, Father, put somebody in my path that needed what I was carrying. Everywhere I went. And he's no respecter of persons, friend. What he does for me, he'll do with you. That's how that river in Ezekiel that the church is supposed to be like begins to flow from here and get deeper as it goes out the doors of the church. Why? Because you're not just coming in here to bless me, bless me, oh bless me Jesus. No, you've fallen in love with the Savior and you've decided to lay your life down and run after Him. That's the cry that brings Holy Spirit. That's the kind of hunger that brings Him. And that's the genuine lifestyle that people out there in the world look at and say, I want that. I want what He has. There's something different about that man. Your children and your, your children's children. Where's daddy? He's in the prayer closet. Where's mama? She's in the prayer closet. It's time for that, friend. You hear me? I'm telling you, it's time for that. He's not coming. For somebody, like I've said before, that just wants to date him, friend, he's coming for a bride that's made herself ready. And that'll go into that holy place, that secret place, get on their face and just begin to cry out to their God, to their husband to come. You hear me? God, help us. Father, help us to go into the secret place. Lord, put it on our hearts to live a consecrated, holy lifestyle, Lord. To get down on our hands and knees, Lord, and cry out on behalf of this nation, Lord. Lord, I repent of the sins of my forefathers. I repent of the sins of this nation today, God, and I say I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me clean by the water of Your Word, God. Help me to live a consecrated life, Lord. Turn the hearts of the people of this nation, God, back to You. Back to You in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank You for that right now. Let the revival begin in me, God. Let it begin in me and in my house. Help me to rise up as a man of God and say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Lord, I release that over every individual in this house that'll just reach up and say, that's me, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, I'm hungry for you, God. I'm hungry for more of you, God. I'm hungry for a real life, God. A real life of power and of joy in the Holy Spirit like I've never known before. And I thank you for that right now in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. One more thing. If you've been in here and you've been struggling in your thought life, you've been struggling in your thought life, I want you to just by faith, you don't want nobody has to look around, I don't have to lay hands on you. You just put your hand on your head today, and God's going to begin to remove that negativity. 
He's going to do a work in your mind. And those negative thoughts that have consumed you are going to leave. He's going to remove them. I'm telling you, he is. So Lord, right now, I just thank you, God, that no weapon formed against these minds will prosper. And the negative thoughts that have come to try and distract those of us, Lord, that are trying to walk in our destiny, Lord, they go now in Jesus' name. Distractions go. Negative thoughts go. You'll have peace in your mind from this day forward. You'll look back and say, my goodness, it's like a burden is lifted. I'm seeing clearer than I've ever seen before. I thank you that those negative thoughts go in Jesus' name and that battlefield of the mind becomes just a serene valley of peace and joy and the pure thoughts of God towards you. You're just going to begin to see that yourself in the light of His love for you in a fresh new way in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, I just want to leave you with this. <clears throat> the pulpit that I believe so hard for when I was in Alma was setting in. By the way, let me just go back to say this. Will, the streets that he, were, he was walking for 40 days praying, the names of those streets was every name of the cities where Dutch took him. God was seeing if he could be faithful just to walk those few blocks. And then he took him to literally those cities of the whole, new, uh, whole uh, northeast, Nantucket, all of that area, New England. But that pulpit said in community church, do you think it's just a coincidence that my house sits on community church road? But God was not saying to me, Son, I'm going to lead you to a place, your father's pulpit, community church, and I'm going to birth that church you've always carried in your heart and your dreams. Father, we love you today. We so love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord, in this place. Your presence is so amazing, God. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands just for 30 more seconds right here. Lord, I just feel it so strong in this room. Friend, you've got to leave today knowing that God is for you. I want you to leave today knowing that God is for you. He is for you, not against you. He is for you, not against you. And it doesn't matter how you started. It matters everything how you finish. The Lord loves you this morning. He's wild about you. He knows you're rising up and you're going down. You are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. Lord, I thank you for your great love for us this morning. And I bless this people. And I say, we just say yes and amen to all that you're saying in our lives. We admonish and we thank you for the word, God, Lord, that you've deposited in our hearts today. And we say that we're not hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word. And God, we're going to tap in and we're going to pray 
that thing into existence, what you've always destined here for. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you, friend. Hug somebody. Tell them it was good to see them. We'll see you all here on Wednesday night. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media. 